Chapter 14 As they moved down, Wiccan tried to plan his escape, though it was mainly hard, there being so much to see and hear. Once, from right above their heads, came a rat-tat-tat that stopped him cold, spear poised to throw. It's just a bird, Ethac reassured him. A golden crested pine sucker. It's digging its breakfast out of the tree bark. As he spoke, there came a shriek of laughter and the flap of wings. That's his score, the captain said. Don't mind it. A large yellow quill spiralled down through the branches and landed at Wiccan's feet. He stooped and picked it up, pulling it between thumb and forefinger, combing smooth the barbs. On a thought, he unslung his satchel and slipped the quill inside. Do you think we can move on now, lad? Ethac said though he clearly didn't mind. They threaded their way around wide stretches of holly and laurel, the laurel so dense that if once you got in, as Ethac put it, you'd turn and turn about, not finding that same way out again. In amongst those were thickets of bramble and quickbriar that snagged Wiccan's sleeves as he passed. Stumps of tall grasses waved in the wind, their plumes already whispery and creamy yellow. Wild grapevine hung like drying sheets from tree to fiery tree, so heavy with clumps of rotting fruit that lichened branches had snapped under the burden. Small birds darted, twittering about their heads. Wiccan caught the flash of wings in and out the thinning foliage. After insects that sucked on the fruit, Ethac said. They crossed a rapid stream where Wiccan, bending perilously over the slimy stepping stones, saw tiny silver things darting in the currents. From the middle of a clearing, Ethac pointed out two huge dark shapes wheeling high overhead, wings outstretched against the thick grey sky. Below them, smaller black forms whirled in frantic circles with loud, hoarse cries. Some big ones are hawks, looking for a noontide bite. And the smaller ones? Crows. The hawks won't like their ragged. Why? Squeezing up his visored eyes, Wiccan watched their flight. Hawks take living prey, so they need quiet. The crows pick what's left over. They're hungry, so they're telling the hawk to get on with it. Come to think the captain added, patting his satchel. 
I'm feeling much the same way. We'll stop and eat soon. Wigan was glad to hear that. Now that Ethac mentioned it, he felt a hollow in his middle, too. Food didn't seem to last as long outdoors. He'd have to eat sparely, though, and add the leftovers to his backpack in the storage cave. If he could retrieve that, he could last a day or two while he got his bearings. The question was how to get away. Perhaps if he could be alone just for a moment, he could make himself invisible. Then Ethac could never find him. After, he'd just follow Ethac back to the cave, take his pack and any other gear he might need, and he was off. His heart beat faster. The idea of just walking away. As the captain strode on beside him, unaware, Wiccan shot him a glance and felt a tweak of discomfort. Ethac seemed to think well of him. Hadn't the man given Wiccan his own first knife as a mark of favour? And more, hadn't he brought him outside for a breath of air when no one else would? To lose such high regard and trust. But he had to leave, and this was his best chance, if he could find the right moment. When noontime came, we can still walk with Ethac. Several times he'd summoned up the nerve to make his move, but each time something wasn't right. They stopped beside a pool under a wide weeping willow, set down their hunting gear, and unpacked their food. Despite Ethac's talk of woods rife with game, they'd had no sign of fox or rabbit or weasel. Wiccan's satchel, though, was half filled with trophies of the tramp, which he had somehow managed to accumulate despite his upcoming flight. They set out peppered mincemeat pies and sweet berry pies and bread and fruit. Then Wiccan emptied out his findings. Leaves, cones, sprays of nuts and berries, a dead so-called pine bug. As Ethac had predicted, there were a few whizzing round, and Wiccan had heard the odd one in the branches overhead. Oaks, ash, elms and hickory, few pines down here. He took out the yellow quill that Ethac said came off a golden-crested pine-sucker. But Wiccan was beginning to wonder if he knew the true names of anything, and if he wasn't making up half of what he said about the hawks and crows, for instance. 
Ethek never lacked for answer, even if he had to invent one. Don't forget you'll have to haul that stuff back up yourself, lad. No, sir, Wickham replied dutifully. But I won't have to, he added inwardly, tickling his cheek with a small blue feather. Soft it was, and fluffy, quite different from the long, sleek, golden one. My bag's not so heavy, though. It will be when we catch ourselves a brace of something, and those things are sure to get messed up with the dead rabbit's blood all over them. Wiccan put away his trophies, packing them with care so they wouldn't crush. He wiped his hands and began to eat. All around them, the curtain of willow fronds drifted with the breeze, putting Wiccan in mind of Istrid's hair. What would she say, he wondered, when she learned he'd run away? Wiccan waved an arm around. Where are we exactly? I mean, what's out yonder, he added, trying for offhand. Oh, they put so much pepper in these things. Ethac looked up from mincemeat pie. More mountain, whichever way you turn. But I thought we were down. Ethac laughed. So we are, but only part way. We're in a high valley, see? Walk in any direction and you'll find yourself going up again. The only way you'd get through them is by passes, and only the scouts know those. Wiccan set down his pie. That was bad news indeed. The mountain surely ends somewhere, though. Aye. Ethac swallowed the last of his mincemeat pie and licked his fingers. Westward! They run down to the sea, and don't ask me about that, because I don't know. He shifted, crossing his legs comfortably. North and south of here, the range stretches for a very long way. Even a Moran might well die of cold before he'd reach its ending. East? Well, I already told you where that way leads into the forest of no return. Wiccan took another bite of pie, hiding his disappointment. Leaving the mountain wasn't as simple as he'd thought. But he couldn't back out now. He stared through the willow fronds, thinking what to do. We must bag our game within this next hour, Ethac said. We can't be late getting back. Wiccan felt a prick of panic and excitement, too. So soon? Ethac shifted, recrossed his legs under him. We must be well above the tree line before sundown. Why? Could you, we, get lost? 
Ethac had claimed he knew the trail blindfold. Oh, it's not that. We don't stray after dark without escort. It's orders. Right, lad. Why? Ethac picked up a berry pie, bit into it, dribbling thick sweet syrup down his chin. He took out his kerchief, dabbed and wiped and licked his lips. It's not safe down here. Because of Tall? The captain looked startled. Then he laughed. You youngsters, you know it all. Or, he went on, looking severe, you think you do? What have you heard about Chaw? Wiccan told him of the tales passed around the dormitory after lights out. They say Chaw overran the mountain. But, well, I see that can't be true. Not with that gate. Oh, but it is. Ethac sat back satisfied. Go on, lad, he added, waving to the few sweetmeats lying on the cloth. Finish up. There's enough back at the cave for supper. It's true about the tall, but it was a long time ago. How long? Ethac shot him a look. Fourteen years ago, or thereabouts. Wiccan thought a bit. That must have been around the time that I was found. Aye, thereabouts. How did they get through the main gate? Wiccan picked up a slightly squished crimson berry pie and proceeded to make much the mess as Ethac had. They didn't. Wiccan let a heartbeat pass. But, so, there is another gate. Ethac eyed him keenly. Why do you say that? Careful, Wiccan warned himself. Well, if that's the main gate, it seems to me there must be others. Ethac nodded apparently satisfied. There is one other, a floodgate, way down on the mining level. Wiccan went very still, thinking of the great door on its rusty hinges. Floodgate? An underground river, a wide, deep body of water, runs under the mountain range. It's said to flow from way down south and go on way up north, passing through our mountain's route. Haven't you been taught? Once a year it overflows its banks and drowns the tunnels on its level. In really bad years, it would flood our minds until we built a great dam wall. So when we could still go in and out in normal times, we set a gate in it. We never locked it. 
we never needed to, for no other creatures of consequence ever came near these parts until the trawl. Ethac paused, went on looking grim. We don't know why they came, but come they did, without warning, swarming downstream without our knowing it. Then one night, there they were. Wiccan shuddered and got through the gate. Aye. What happened? For a moment, Ethac didn't speak. They just poured in. Silence save for the hum of insects. Wiccan thought of that thick wall and of the great door with its rusty bolts and hinges welded shut with age. He pictured it left open, the trawl streaming through it. What do they look like? Do you know? Aye. Too well. Ethac's lip curled. Naked they go, male and female. They're not so big, no higher than my shoulder. They have no hair. The flesh is greenish purple, soft and shiny as a grape. Their heads are like pumpkins and just as heavy. They're pot-bellied, with spidery arms and legs. Mm. Their fingers have bulbous tips that sport suckers. They can climb sheer rock face fast as you can scuttle. Wiccan stared into the captain's face. You seem to know them well, sir. Have you seen them up close? Eye to eye, lad. Theirs are big and round, no whites. They're made for seeing in the dark. No nose, just holes that drip slime. Their sense of smell is keen. Their mouths look small, slits. No lips, but they can stretch from ear to ear. Worst of all is their teeth. Like rows of tiny hooks, three rows deep at top and bottom. He looked up. They like to eat their prey alive. Alive? Did they hurt anyone? Ethac was staring out through the willow curtain now. By the time we got down there, the carnage was sickening. He turned to Wiccan. We lost a lot of good folk that night, and I mean lost. Miners, workers, guards, Gone to pools of blood. Were you there? 
I was. Ethac sounded grim. I wasn't a captain then, or in the King's Guard. Just a corporal in the regular troop. I lost three good mates right beside me, holding a stairway in the dark. But it could have been worse. How worse? Ethac bit his lip. Some of us were already at the river before the general alarm was raised. Because of that, we were able to put up some defence. Why were soldiers already there? Had someone fetched you? Had someone seen or heard something? Ethac knelt up smartly, started gathering their things. It's late. Let's move on. Yes, sir. To Wiccan's dismay, he saw he'd not left much for later rations. He scrambled up, helping put away the scraps and all his findings. As he did so, he asked one more question, though he thought he knew its answer now. Are the chores still around? Ethac paused in the packing. You're worried about them getting in again? Oh, don't worry, lad. Our masons built that flood wall real well, and the gate is locked. So far it's held, and you can tell that to your Hicksad. And out here? Ethac gathered up his things, stowed them in the satchel. They've multiplied and gotten clever. Wiccan thought of the trail, how he and Ethac had gone out without escort, how Ethac would be going back alone. Would they show up on our slope? Not above the tree line, and not in daylight. They can't stand that kind of cold, and light is death to them. How is it? How, how do they die? Eh, you don't want to know, lad. Come on, let's go. Wigan picked up his spear and hefted it. Do they, do they ever come this way? All the time, after dark, they'll eat anything, and they hunt in packs, so they can take on any bear or bobcat, not to mention a Krigmoran. The noises we hear out here at night sometimes would stop your blood. To be safe, work parties always have armed escort, and at night we carry torches having safety in the plains. Ethac glanced skyward. The sun's way past midpoint. We'd best get on if we're to bag some game. 